Take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Well, it's a special day today. I have the honor and the privilege of hosting my very first guest on the Grace Space as part of a, well, this is the inaugural episode, really, of what will become a series of interviews with people that I would love for you to hear from, people who can make a difference in your life, you who listen to the Grace Space. And I could not be more honored and delighted to have on the Grace Space today, Peggy McCall. Peggy McCall is a world-renowned wealth, business, and manifestation expert, as well as the New York Times best-selling author of Your Destiny Switch, Master Your Key Emotions and Attract the Life of Your Dreams. For over 26 years, using her power life script process, along with her unique, intimate understanding of the universal laws, she's been showing people from all around the globe how to manifest any result they desire in their personal and professional lives, from dream homes and soulmates to perfect health and multi-million dollar businesses. She's been showing people from around the world how to become international best-selling authors, how to create wealth and complete freedom and much, much more. She's worked with and been endorsed by some of the most renowned experts in the personal development field, including Bob Proctor, Neil Donald Walsh, Jim Rohn, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Mark Victor Hansen, Caroline Mace, Greg Braden, Debbie Ford, Ariel Ford, Hay House, Marianne Williamson, Dean Graziosi, Gay Hendricks, Marie Forleo, and many, many others. <laughs> this is who we have in the grace space today. And I couldn't be more excited and thrilled to have this conversation with Peggy, because Peggy, you really represent and embody these principles in such a tangible way that I know you're going to inspire all our listeners just by bringing who you are, your very presence to this space. Well, thanks, Clara. That was very sweet. You know, it's been a long journey, a wonderful journey, of course. I began studying in January 1979. So it's uh, it's definitely been a passion of mine to not only understand these materials, but to teach them and help other people understand them as well. Well, I would love to know, what would you say is the single most important quality that you've developed that has made you so successful? That's easy. That's discipline. It's discipline. You know, I, I really find that there are a lot of people out there that want to make positive change in their life. And the desire is there. I think inherently within all of us, there's a desire for more. And yet there's so few that are really living it and disciplined enough that they're implementing the strategies of success in their everyday life so that it's habitual. And as you know very well, that in order to really master anything, 
we've got to practice it and we have to practice it on a regular basis, a daily basis. And I have found that where my results really started to take a quantum leap was back in the 90s. I had already been studying personal development since January 1979 and was a great student and patting myself on the back for being such a great student, (laughs) which I know a lot of people do. But where things really started to take off in a much better way, in a more profound way, was when I created a daily discipline checklist. And I just decided every day I'm going to ensure that I'm in the habit of doing these things that are going to create a greater sense of alignment and uh, align with my purpose. And I'm going to live it every single day. And, And I just thought I was doing the right things. And I thought I was a really good student, but I wasn't as disciplined as I could have been or should have been. I use that word very loosely. And so when I established in the 90s that I'm going to make this a part of my everyday life to not to an extreme, but but just like a an athlete would who's training for the Olympics or like an actor. You've been in the acting business, right, where you're training for a major role that you're going to play. And that's when everything really started to shift. So it's discipline is the short version of the answer. Well, that's a that's a great answer. And I must say, you know, I, I have found I've discovered just in my own practice that, yeah, you know, what I thought was discipline, ha- the, the definition of discipline has evolved for me. Uh, and 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 I've recognized that I uh, definitely want to develop more discipline in my life. You said a, a daily discipline checklist. That sounds amazing. Could you give me an example of what would be on that checklist? Yes. Well, you know, I teach a lot of different methodologies for Uh, creating success, for getting at a negative into the positive, for getting in alignment with what you desire. And there's a variety of techniques. And I don't believe there's necessarily only one way. There's multiple ways of feeling that connection to what you desire. And ultimately, that's what we need to do in order to manifest. We have to feel as if it's here now. So the one of the items that I absolutely recommend that everyone on this planet incorporates in their life is something called a power life script. And you're familiar with what that is because of savvy wisdom. And and so Power Life Script is a detailed description of you living your dream life now so that you can see it and feel it. That's really important. All written in the positive terms. It's for you. It's for you personally. And you write it out, you record it, and you listen to it every single day. And that daily discipline, what that's done for me is it's reinforced through repetition, the beliefs that are necessary in order to create the success. And I listen to my power life script every single day. And I started that process back in the 1990s as the habit, I guess I should call it. And that went on my daily discipline checklist. Other things that I have on mine, and mine no longer is written down because it's just automatic. Right. I don't right. I don't need my checklist because I'm doing these things automatically every wow. day. Yeah. One of the things that I do every day, and the first thing I do every day is gratitude. So I wake up, I open the drawer of my nightstand, I pull out my gratitude journal, and I write down the many things that I'm grateful for in my life. And some of the things that I'm writing down are things that are in my life now. 
And some of the things I write down, I write them down as if they're in my life, but they are goals that I have for myself. Yeah, I do the same thing. And I find that so inspiring. <laughs> it is inspiring. And and the, the little missing piece I find a lot of people don't do is they don't really feel it. You know, again, there's a lot of people patting themselves on the back going, oh, I'm so great at doing all these things every day. But what's most important in all of the disciplines of the practices is to feel like really have that energetic connection feeling as if it's here now. So gratitude is one of those things. I do affirmations every day. I have pages and pages of affirmations that are slid inside my gratitude journal. So when I'm finished doing my gratitude, I read those out loud. And then I also do visualization every single day. I write my goal journal, my top goal. I write that out multiple times every single day. I mean, there's just so many things that I'm doing every single day. So it's visualization, it's gratitude, it's power life script, it's doing the affirmations. I do mirror work. And so I stand in front of the mirror and I look at myself eyeball to eyeball and I, you know, affirm certain things. But again, I feel it in my heart as I'm doing it. And so those are just some of the things that are uh, would be a recommendation for on a daily discipline checklist. Wow, well, those are amazing. And I imagine you have a, a morning routine. And I've discovered that uh, I think every successful person has a specific morning routine. And that routine might change, but or evolve, but uh, it's a way of starting off the day right. And so you know, I, I've got your power life script, I've been, although I've been working with a vision statement for some time now, I, I uh, about a, maybe six weeks ago, uh, uh, I did your Power Life Script program, and uh, and that was when I and I had been thinking, you know, what I really want to do is record my vision statement and listen to it, right? And 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 through the uh, the Power Life Script process and your recommendation of a of an app that will actually loop your voice in uh, once you recorded it, I uh, I recorded my my vision of my dream, and I I've uh, got it on a loop that plays all night. <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> so. That is it's the best time to impress it into your subconscious mind because it's why open, right? It's going to receive. I uh, I think that's a brilliant idea. I found personally, when I listen to it at night, it wakes me up and I'm excited and ready to go. <laughs> so, right, right, right. Well, you know, and I've, I've had a very uh, interesting, it's taught me something about the relationship between the conscious and the subconscious mind, because I will um, sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and I become aware of a moment where there's complete silence. And mm. I realize that all of my senses are shut off. Ah. And then as soon as my consciousness returns, my, my, you know, cognitive consciousness returns, I hear my voice in the recording playing over and over. And I think, well, isn't that interesting? I was in a state up until I just became aware that I was in a state of total silence where something else is happening. And then wow. now I'm awake and I can hear my voice, the, sen the doors of the senses are open again. But what was going on before in that mysterious place where I was not here? Where was I? Right. And I would right. love to talk a bit more about the the, the relationship between the conscious and the subconscious mind. I mean, so much of this work uh, is, uh, what I've discovered is that, you know, you can't do this work without without diving deeply into the relationship you have with yourself and really right. um, healing the relationship you have with yourself and developing a deep, deep level of self-love. And, you know, what, I, what I've discovered is that for all of us, really, our self-image is off. You know, we have this idea of who we are, which is so limited and and really has nothing true. to do with with our true self. Right. And mm -hmm. and we have these these um, habits of belief that are lodged in the subconscious mind, you know, what, what we call paradigm. But, you know, it's yes. <laughs> as well. And, you know, I think sometimes our um, 
our our ability to bless you. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Five in a row. Wow. That's the spirit. That's the spirit moving through you when you sneeze. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, the 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 ability to um, feel, as you say, you know, really feel the sense of gratitude and feel the the um, the assumption of the wish fulfilled, as as Neville Goddard says. Yes. And just recently, you sent me an email about the law of assumption, and I I was just literally steeped in that chapter in uh, <laughs> in the power of awareness when I received that email, and I thought, wow. So you know, can would you speak to um, how how it is we can get better at feeling, really feeling this feeling of the wish fulfilled. How do you how do you get there? Oh, that's such a good question. And I think it's probably one of the most valuable ideas that anyone can really understand. And I, I believe it's having a conscious awareness that it's a necessary part of the accomplishment. And so realizing that in order for you to manifest you must feel as if you already have it. And, and it's like that book you mentioned, Neville Goddard. So Neville Goddard has this book called Feeling is the Secret. And this book sits, you know, as you can see, I just grabbed it right off my desk. This is, you know, probably one of the best books I've ever read. And as you can see from my own version, it's highlighted dog ears, you know, no, <laughs> yes. notes in the column, as I'm sure you have as well. And I really believe the answer to that question is having the conscious awareness to notice if you are feeling it and to, to decide to feel it. Mm. So I, I love putting reminders around as well, because as you can see, I just grab this book, grab that book, grab this thing. I've got affirmations taped to my desk here, taped to my keyboard. And then on my desk, I have this little uh, wooden sign mm. that I had made and it says, what would you love? And what that does is by asking you the question, what would you love? Or asking yourself, what would I love? And this can be used to determine what you'd really love to experience in your life. It can be used to, to switch out of the negative over to positive as well. And so when you think about what would I really love, what would I really love to create in my life? Or what would I really love in this moment? Then you get an answer to that question. What I'd love is this. And then the next question, it's a subsequent question, really is two parts. Well, how does that feel? How does that feel? And the more you can get connected to the feeling states by asking yourself better questions, by creating tools or putting resources around you that can remind you, like right here on my desk, I have this giant circle, I taped it to my desk. And the reason why I created this circle is in my program called Skipping Levels, it's a very intense six month program where I teach people how to get into the alignment state because most people are over here. That's where they're residing. They're residing in their present conditions. But in order to manifest, we got to get over to a new conscious awareness of feeling as if we're here now. So I created these giant circles that say, I choose to live from my new home. Mm -hmm. And then at the bottom of the circle, it says my success is absolutely guaranteed. And in the middle is a goal a significant goal that I'm working toward what's neither significant or insignificant, right? <laughs> and, and so what that is, is simply a reminder. So when I see that, and, and my goal is written out in a very positive way, it says, I lovingly live in and view the world as, and then I, I declare, you know, what the goal is. So when I'm writing out statements or putting things around my environment, they're all designed for one thing, to invoke the feeling state. So I suggest that 
number one, you become aware that that's a necessary part of manifestation. Two, you create your your reminders so that you put them around so that you can remind yourself, constantly remind yourself uh, to put yourself back into alignment. And you can do that by putting signs, you know, wherever, like I work in my office all day long. So I have signs and reminders all around my office. In my bedroom, I have more signs and reminders in my bedroom. And then in the master on suite, I have signs on my mirror that are reminders as well. I have another one of those circles that I put right in front of my side of the washroom <laughs> that I stand on. And then I put another one beside my bed. So that I want to get up in the morning, I put my feet down and it's like, this is who I choose to be today. Oh, I love that. Right. Isn't that a cool idea? That I mean, talk about putting yourself in the acting as if right from the start of your day, right. stepping into that circle and saying, I'm choosing to live in this dimension of my awareness. Right. And, you know, another thing that I did, Claire, a number of years ago, and and I just, you know, it's like you mentioned evolving, right? I think we're all evolving. This was a technique that I created a number of years ago, too. I created something called, and I have a copy of it downstairs. I created, like I went to the Staples, like the Business Depot store and bought a piece of cardboard, Bristol board, I believe they call it. And I put a photo of myself in the middle. And on top, it says, who is this woman anyway? And then I put all these words to describe the kind of woman who is the woman that's accomplished all the goals that I set for myself, Mm. like confident, loving, giving, generous, kind, you know, like knowledgeable, wise, like things like that. And I put it beside my bed. I had it framed and it, and it just, to me, it was like a reminder. Okay. This is who you choose to be today. This is who I am today. And then at night, when I go to bed, I'd look at that and say, is that who I was today? Not to whip myself or get upset at myself, but just simply as a reminder, okay, go to sleep knowing that's who you are. Go to sleep knowing you're living, you're already living and living that dream. And on the other side of my little triangular block, because it's it's three-sided, oh, yeah. it says, now that your dream is fulfilled, how do you feel? And that's a Neville Goddard practice as well. Now that your dream is fulfilled, how do you feel? So what that does is it reminds me to feel, right? We got to feel it. We got to feel as if it's here right now. And the other side of my triangle, just so you know, so these are some of my favorite things that says your success is absolutely guaranteed. I have a sign on my, my uh, bookshelf there. It says the same thing. And actually the other, the other question here, now that my dream is fulfilled, how do I feel? I have that on a big sign in my bedroom too. So So you're, you're literally surrounding yourself with who you want to be. Correct. And, and reminding like lots of reminders that you see, you know, people study this, they read the books, they put them away, or they go to the webinars online, they look at it and put it away. What's reminding you outside of that? Mm. Because I don't think people understand how much we're taking in, like our, our conscious mind is absorbing everything around us. And we're picking up intuitively as well energies. And so that's why I love to surround myself with positive things. And mostly because as you know, from reading Savvy Wisdom and getting to know Sophie, the main character in that, in that book, that was me, right? Yeah. So I, I was in a very dark place. I was suicidal. And that's probably about as dark as you can go, right? Yeah. And so I had to get out of that darkness. I had to get out of that painful, emotional place that I was in. And it took a lot. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, one day I just made a decision and boom, I was out of it the next day because of the conditioning, you know, that was already firmly embedded in my subconscious mind and strong. So it was like 
a battle ensued. <laughs> the battle was this old version of Peggy McCall that was really trying to bring her back. And then this new version that I chose to step into is going, come on over here. So in some ways it was a bit of a, you know, a, a tug of war and maybe a little bit of a ping pong thing too, until I just decided this side's winning this battle. And the side that's winning the battle is the version that I choose to be not that old, destructive, very sad version. Yes. Well, you know, as you're as you're speaking of all of this, it's so many uh, thoughts and feelings are passing through me because, you know, I, I don't think sometimes, as you said, we we uh, realize just how much support we we require mm-hmm. to change our programming. You know, it doesn't happen just by snapping your fingers, uh, mm-hmm. and and you know, it took me some time to realize how, the importance of structures of support. You know, and making sure right. that I was always in one. You know, and and this is what I tell my clients as well, you know, and, and the thing is that, you know, sometimes when you're feeling up, you feel like you're never going to feel down again, you know, which is, Uh it's a wonderful feeling. And and I, and I enjoy feeling that way. And I feel that way more and more, but you know, life is cyclical and there is a law of rhythm that says we're not always going to be up. Sometimes we go down. Right. And so when, when we recognize those cycles, that's why we want to keep ourselves in structures of support, because we know that, well, you know, life is going to look different at different times. I am a, a creature of rhythm. I'm tied to the to the rhythm rhythms of nature, the rhythms of the earth. And so, right. you know, no matter whether I'm feeling up or whether I'm feeling a little bit lower, I know what I know who I am. I know the truth about who I am. And right. when you surround yourself as you have done with affirmation of the truth, right? And I'm always talking to to my clients about the difference between truth and facts you know, and how to make agreement with truth over and over again, in spite of that, right? Mm. And in spite of the evidence of the senses, it takes a lot of support and a lot of um, training to, to, to train yourself to realize when you're getting sucked into, as Mary Morrissey says, common hours thinking, right? And she says, we're all one thought away from common hours thinking. And, and so, you know, it really, you know, sometimes I would ask myself is what's too much, you know, is there such a thing as too much work (laughs) on yourself? No, I don't think so. I agree. You know, as, as Neville says, um, if all of creation is already created, you know, it's already, uh, then the only thing we can really do is manifest portions of creation that we haven't previously been aware of, right? right? And the reason that we're growing in awareness, as we grow in awareness, we suddenly become aware of parts of creation that we we didn't actually know existed because we can't be aware of anything that's outside of our own consciousness, outside the scope of our own consciousness. And it is this amazing, poignant quality of being human that we can, we can wish for something and aspire for something beyond what we have now and and wish to be something more than we are without actually even knowing what that is. And so, you know, by surrounding ourselves with truth, with ideals of what we would love to be, who we would love to be, we can actually make this miraculous transition in vibration from an old way of being to a new way of being where there's a whole new vista of possibilities. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) You've got this. (laughs) I can tell when there's understanding and when there is, you've got it. Like really you do. And that's amazing. So there must've been a desire within you to really seek to have a deeper level of understanding. Oh, well, yes. I mean, and, and I think that uh, for, for most of us, it comes out of suffering initially, you know, as you were saying, when you, you know, um, 
when you're feeling like there isn't any hope or you're feeling completely trapped. And I think what everybody wants is freedom, don't you? I mean, everybody wants to be free to express themselves fully uh, without these constraints that it's inner constraints and outer constraints, which are really just reflections of inner constraints, right? (laughs) So I I, I would love to hear from you what, how did you Let's see. Was there like one one particular moment where you felt like you popped the bubble of an old way of being and you were in a new world or did it happen gradually? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both, actually, because because as you asked the question, I, I reflect back to the 40 plus years that I've been studying this. And there's been moments where I've had like complete epiphanies where, you know, everything seemed to change. And an example of that is as you read in Savvy Wisdom, when in the beginning of, of Savvy Wisdom, the, the story goes that Sophie is headed to a park because she's intending to end her life. And she meets this gentleman um, who just miraculously appears on this bench beside her. She doesn't even know he's there because she's inconsolable and bent over and crying. And all of a sudden he's handing her a handkerchief. Is, and- that, is that the actual handkerchief? Yeah, there we go. It says it. And this is what when Savvy sent gives us to Sophie and, it, and it's embroidered. It says, if you want your life to change, you must change. Yes. And so I actually had these made after the book was written. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. And um, and and this was an epiphany. If you want your life to change, you must change. Simple, simple words, simple understanding. And yet so profound and I realized when I met Bob Proctor in January 1979, I didn't want to go to that seminar. I was sort of forced to go. I was working for a company in Toronto. I'm born and raised in the Toronto area. And this company had hired Bob Proctor to do a kickoff event to get everybody pumped up and inspired and, you know, set our year off to a great start. And I was told I had to go. I was like, I don't want to go to that. Like, <laughs> my part-time, my evening. I mean, I was a miserable young woman at the time. And and uh, so I was told it's mandatory. You have to go. It's like, okay, well, I'll go and I'm going to look for the first opportunity to sneak out the back door. So I arrive at the event. It's about to start and I get to the ballroom and there's like nowhere to sit except the front row. There's one seat. And so I get waved to the front row. And so here I am front row sitting there looking at Bob Proctor and you know what he's like, he comes on stage and he'll wake you up. And so that was definitely a life changing experience for me. He said, if you want your life to change, you must change. He also quoted Vernon Howard. And the quote that he used is if you, if you are in a, no, you can't escape from a prison unless you know you're in one. Oh, yes. Right. Isn't that a great quote? And I was in a prison of my own making. So that was the the, the precipice. That was the thing that just caused me to say, hey, you know, I'm obviously messed up. Not that it's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to study. And he would recommend books like Maxwell Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics and Wayne Dyer, Your Erroneous Zones and Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich and David Schwartz, The Magic of Thinking Big. And I would just be buying book after book after book and devouring them. I wouldn't just read them. I would devour them. Mm-hmm. And that evening, uh, seminar Bob offered, offered a multiple series of, of seminars, which we could invest in for ourselves, which I did. And I was signed up to go to those seminars. And when they were done, I signed up and went again and again and again and again. And here we are many, many years later. 
And so that obviously changed. But I remember in the early 90s when I was had been married and was going through a divorce, which was painful on its own, not so much because I was getting divorced, but because I'd have to share my time with my son and I just wanted him all the time. And being a mom was the greatest gift I've ever been given. And so I didn't want to be without my son for a minute. And uh, so that was painful. That was hard. And and I felt it was better. We'd have a happy divorce. We didn't have a happy marriage. And I realized in that experience that there was something that there was a role that I was playing in these relationship breakups because the marriage breakup wasn't my only breakup. And if I look back at the pattern of experiences, I had had relationship, then breakup, relationship, breakup, relationship, breakup. It's like, okay, there's a common denominator here. I'm in all these relationships. And I realized in that experience, as Bob taught me, it only takes a little bit of poison to kill. And the poison that I had was a poisonous belief that I wasn't worthy of love. And if you believe you're not worthy of love and you're not worthy of success, you're not worthy of prosperity, you'll never attract it. Or you might attract it, but you'll very likely sabotage it. And that's precisely what I did. And so that was another experience. So over the years, I've had these experiences of obviously, you know, constant progression and positive movement forward, because I'm in this habit every single day. But there's been times where, you know, I've experienced challenges in my life where not everything changed, but, you know, I've had major shifts. And and you know what, one of them was writing Savvy Wisdom. Oh, really? Absolutely. It was writing Savvy Wisdom. This to me is like a miracle. It really is. It's like a miracle. And I'll tell you why. Do we have time? Yeah, please. So back on, I think it was around the 31st of October, 2020, I was looking at a list of video recommendation topics that one of my team members had sent to me. And I used to create all these free videos. I still do, you know, free content. And this topic said how I wrote my first fiction book. Well, I had previously released 18 books. They were all nonfiction. I've studied fiction writing. I teach fiction writing as part of the complete author program, but I also teach nonfiction writing. So I understood what was required to to write fiction books. I've read many fiction books. And so when I looked at this list of topics and the next one was how I wrote my first fiction book, I thought, well, I haven't wrote, you know, I didn't write my first fiction book. So how could I record out of authenticity? How could I record a video on that? Right. So normally I would just dismiss it and look at the next item on the list. But I started to play with the idea, entertain the idea. And it's like, oh, do I even want to write a fiction book? And then the thought came to me, well, I I never considered myself a great writer. And I thought, is that serving me? Like, and I never considered it a problem, to be honest, because I just hire an editor or hire a ghostwriter. So the fact that you're not a great writer Nah, that's okay. You can still write books. You can still produce books because you hire great editors or you find a mentor. I was going to ask you if you know you had, if you had already previously published eighteen books, you <laughs> still had a belief that you weren't a very good writer. I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> that, that's the I did, I did. So I realized I got to throw that out in the garbage, which is where it belongs. Right? Let's bye bye old yeah. beliefs. So I decided, okay, I'm going to write a fiction book. And I love parables. I just love parables. I've read a number of them. Og Mandino was one of my favorite authors. He had written many parables. And, and so I just, I'm going to write a parable. 
I'm going to write, I'm writing it. And so I decided I'm going to give myself 10 days. I'm going to start November 1st. I'm going to finish it on November 10th. I'm going to write block off time in my agenda because I have a busy agenda, block off time where I can, you know, find some hours and schedule time in to write. And I'm going to have it done in 10 days. I didn't know what the book would be called. I didn't know what the name of this character savvy would be. And I reach out to my good friend, Louise, who's also uh, an author, and she's a fiction author and a phenomenal fiction author. And I asked her, I said, listen, I want you to be my accountability partner. I'm going to write a chapter, send it to you. You read it. Give me any feedback. Because it's uh, it's really common sense, right? Is this, is this captivating your attention? Is it keeping you engaged? Does it cause you to want to read the next chapter? Like that kind of thing. And so Louise said, sure, bring it on. And on November the 1st, I started writing and I just decided it was going to be fun. I decided it was going to just flow perfectly. I decided I was going to write a phenomenal book. And so I made these decisions in advance and I got on with the work and I was excited to get my fingers on the keyboard and just let my imagination fly. (laughs) And so as I started writing, I didn't even know what Sophie's name was going to be, to be honest. And I just started writing and I thought I'm going to start where my life, you know, really where I was back in my teenage years. And then it evolved and it evolved so magically and so perfectly. And it was, I had the best time ever writing this book. It was incredible. I was just madly in love with it right out of the gate. And then when it came to the the ninth day, I finished writing it, except the final letter from Savvy to Sophie. And so on Monday morning, I think it was Monday was the 10th. Anyways, that morning, the 10th day, I opened up my laptop to write this final letter. And then it, I just got this intuitive hit, ask Bob to write the final letter. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, well, I know he's a busy guy. So I <clears throat> emailed him. I told him what I was doing. He didn't even know I was writing this book. I told him what I was doing. I told him it's a parable. It's based on my life, but I meet this gentleman by the name of Savvy. That's you. And, uh, you know, some of it's made up, some of it's true. And would you be willing to write the final letter from Savvy to Sophie? And he replied within four minutes and he was off at a, a resort working on a program. He was there for the entire week to develop this new program. And he said, I would love to. And that night he said he got back to his suite at nine o'clock and Gina had printed out the rough draft of the manuscript. He said, I started reading and he said, I couldn't stop. He said, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was thinking about savvy, <laughs> savvy wisdom. And, and the next morning he sent me a text and he said, I just love this book. And so he said, I'm happy to write the letter and I'll, uh, I'll send it to you uh, tomorrow. And then of course he wrote that beautiful letter from savvy to Sophie, which finished up the book just magnificently. I mean, it was perfectly, we didn't change a syllable in that, in that final letter. And then of course it's just taken off. I mean, there's it, the response has been unlike anything I've ever received before from the readers of savvy wisdom. And it's now in hardcover paperback. Uh, it'll be in audible in a few days as well. And I recorded it in audible or in the audio version with Bob at his studio. On oh, my my, oh my goodness. Wow. So many coincidences or synchronicities rather, I should say. Yeah. I just think it's a, it's amazing that when you make a decision about how you're going to uh, move through an experience as you did, uh, it just gets better and better and better. And it gets better in ways that we can't even foresee, True. you know, because the universe mm-hmm. is, uh, opening up a new vistas for us, you know, it's and, so and true. I, I've, I've also, I mean, uh, uh, 
I have uh, I did a, did a bulk order of Savvy Wisdom, and I've been giving the book as a gift to my clients, to I love that. friends, and and what, uh, my good friend uh, Stacy, when she finished the book, she texted me and she said, "I cried at the end. It was so Aww. beautiful." And I believe she also sent you an email to tell you how much she enjoyed it. So yes, I know that the response has been very very positive. And uh, congratulations on talk about you know we we never get. Uh, uh, to a point in this work where we're finished, you know, we're always oh having no. <laughs> out of our comfort zone, right? Oh, so it, true. Right? It's so encouraging to hear that, you know, that I would have had no thought whatsoever that you that you thought that, you know, writing a, a, a book like Savvy Wisdom would be, you know, a, a challenge stepping outside of it. I would have had no idea that there was any paradigm around, well, I don't know if I'm a very good fiction writer or anything <laughs> like that. So that is... Uh, Super, super inspiring. I guess I have one last question for you, Peggy. Um, do you think that these these ideas, this level of accomplishment is possible for every human being, or is it really just the province of exceptional people, special people, extra talented <laughs> people? My goodness, I was reading about that this morning. I was reading some of Ernest Holmes' work, actually. and uh, But regardless of reading Ernest Holmes' work or not, Absolutely, it's possible for anyone and everyone, doesn't matter where you are. And we see those stories all the time, right? There's a, there's a gentleman who has no arms and no legs, and he's a motivational speaker. You've probably seen videos of him on stage, you know, talking about how to, you know, grab a hold of life and embrace it. And, yeah. and you know, so many, so many stories of people that have been in, like, complete adversity and yet turn their lives around. But it doesn't have to be like that either. Or people that show up in our country, you know, with 10 cents in their pocket, yet build empires. And and so my belief is it's available to absolutely everyone. Right. And, and, and it's because we've been gifted with powers just by virtue of being human that, uh, that, make it possible for us to communicate with this infinite intelligence and not only communicate with it, but realize that it's who we are. Right. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> true. Just extensions of it and that, and that it wants for us what we want for ourselves, only it so wants true. even more for us than we want for ourselves. Agreed. And if we can step into that, to me, that's like a miracle. If I'm ever feeling um, a difficulty connecting with a feeling of gratitude, I just let my mind wander into the miracle of what it is to be mm-hmm. human being and Beautiful. to be gifted with these faculties and 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 to to relax um i think uh neville goddard calls it resting in the lord you know that yes. feeling of uh and i think of it as the cosmic teddy bear and i i imagine <laughs> that <laughs> that i'm that i'm sitting and that i'm surrounded and enveloped by this plush huge massive cosmic teddy bear who's hugging me Aww. and you know that that um uh, that that I actually don't have to do as much as I think I have to do. I just have to be right because right. all of our doing proceeds from from being. Mm. And until we really deeply understand that, we're we're frantically doing uh, and wondering why we aren't getting where we want to go. Exactly. <laughs> and it really shifts when we shift into being. So, so well, that's what you represent for me, Peggy McCall, is a, a wonderful being uh, who embodies joy and enthusiasm. 
and confidence and so many wonderful qualities. It's uh, you've really honored me by coming onto the Grace Space today. I appreciate it so much. Oh, you're so sweet. You know, I have goosebumps as you're saying that because, you know, this morning I just felt so strongly intuitively that this was going to be such an amazing time that we would have here together, <laughs> even though we don't know each other very well. You know, yeah. we really just met not that long ago. And, uh, but based on your dialogue, our dialogue here today, you have such a deep understanding of these materials. And, and I feel this great sense of gratitude that you're here on this planet at this time that you're sharing your gift with the world as well, because I really believe you've got a lot to share. And I know you're already making a positive difference in the world. And I know it's going to be even greater and grander in the future as well. So thank you so much for inviting me to be your very first guest <laughs> on your podcast. What a, what a pleasure it has been. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Peggy. And I know that our uh, listeners are absolutely thrilled uh, to, to have access to this conversation and to you. And, and rest assured, there there are links in the uh, show notes, everybody, for all of the things that Peggy is creating that you can be a part of. And I'm going to include those for you. Lots and lots of love. And thank you so much, Peggy. Thank you. Well, that was amazing. Make sure that you check out all of the resources and the links that I've left in the show notes for this episode so that you can take advantage of all of the things that Peggy is offering, including her new book, Savvy Wisdom, which has just recently been published and just come out. It's amazing. I've read it and, uh, and I think you should read it too. Now, my guess is that if you're a regular listener to the grace space, you have a burning desire for change. Think about it. Are you really interested in living a life of true freedom? Well, there's an opportunity coming up for you to join me personally in creating that change. My next group coaching program begins March 23rd, and I would love to have you in it. I'm going to teach you a reliable, repeatable scientific formula that makes your success predictable. Once you understand this simple formula and how to apply it to your life, you can expect a few things to happen. First of all, wealth and good luck will begin to flow more easily, more abundantly into your life. All the areas of your life, your health, your relationships, your vocation, your time and money freedom, and your attitude will become ignited with a sense of possibility that you might never have experienced before. You'll experience a greater feeling of control and predictability over your finances, your circumstances, and your destiny. And you'll learn to start thinking in a way that produces the results you want as you unlock the genius that is within you. Your most predominant worries, the things that keep you up at night, will become a thing of the past. So if you're ready to create the life you really want, don't just hope it'll happen someday. It won't without your initiating it. Take action to change your life. Space is limited, so reserve your spot to join me and a group of like-minded people who are passionate about creating true freedom. I know that you want to live the life you were put on this earth to live. Your heart's most cherished dreams are exactly what spirit is seeking to express through you. Don't just wish it anymore. Become it. I'm here to help you do just that. And what's more, I know that you can. You are designed for success. <laughs> it's just like it said on, on Peggy's block on her desk. Your success is guaranteed. There's a link in the show notes that says become a dream builder. So click on that to learn more. And meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space where you're always in the right place. 
If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.